You're listening to The Sigrun Show, episode number 205. In this episode, I'm doing honor coaching with Alexandra Shev on how to sell offline trainings with online marketing. Welcome to The Sigrun Show. I'm your host, Sigrun, creator of Samba, the MBA program for online entrepreneurs. With each episode, I'll share with you inspiring case studies and interviews to help you achieve your dreams and turn your passion into profits. Thank you for spending time with me today. Building an online business takes time. I share with you proven strategies to help you get there faster. You'll also learn how to master your mindset, up-level your marketing, and succeed with masterminds. Today's guest is Alexandra Shev, who is in my Somba program. Alexandra is a free diver and a free diving instructor trainer. Alexandra teaches students of all levels, from beginners to free diving instructors, to discover a new world underwater and within themselves. In this episode, we talk about how she can sell her offline trainings with online marketing methods. Go to signal.com forward slash 205 to grab the show notes of this episode and find out how you can start to build your profitable online business. I'm so excited to be with Alexandra Shev, who is in my Momentum Mastermind group and also has given me an iTunes review. Thank you very much. And is now doing on-air coaching. Welcome on the show. Thank you very much, Sigrun. And thank you for your time and the opportunity to be here. So before we dive into your challenge, please tell the audience what you do. I'm, my passion is freediving. I'm a freediving instructor and I would like to help people to find the joy in the sports of freediving and also to help people to teach the sports of freediving. So I'm addressing students as well as instructors to be. Wow. Okay. So what is your challenge? My challenge is I'm offering off-site or offline courses. And um, I'm wondering how to apply the launch strategies to offline courses because um, I can't use the hype I create during a launch for an offline program that's going to be a couple of weeks or months later. Yeah. Okay, that's a great question. So how to sell offline trainings, events, and you know, retreats. So I can give you an example of the retreat. I know you're coming with me to Mastermind Retreat Iceland. But we'll just recap that quickly. So now the key is to start early with offline events because people are busy, they have a calendar and they have some commitments. So depending on your audience, depending on how long it is, is it one day or two days or is multiple days? I would say the longer the event, the earlier you need to start to market. With Iceland, I start like a year before I, I mention it so people can at least get a wait list. And sometimes I'm ready to actually just sign up people by sending an invoice. But normally I wouldn't have the sales page ready. But then I kind of launch it, you know, I've launched it with a webinar. Mm -hmm. The first time actually I launched it was not through the webinar or anything like that, but I was seeding it for a month. I was talking a lot about it. I was saying I was booking the location. So... I had people on social media who were interested. So when I finally had everything ready, then I sent out an email and it sold. So there was no need for a webinar. In the last two years, 
I have done some kind of a information call or a webinar. So I've had a call online where people, you know, can get on for free and I tell them about the event. So you have interested party. You will not have huge signups like for a webinar when you have an information call. So the difference is in a webinar, you have a something else you're talking about, how to sell a retreat I had, or like in your case, you would how to be better free diver, right? Right. So there would be a webinar, but at the end of the webinar, you announce your offline event. Okay. And then it's not going to be like, oh, in seven days we close, but there could be an incentive to sign up earlier. So by signing up within the next seven days, your bonus is whatever, you know, whether it's a physical product or whether it's uh, time with you or whether it's an online product you have that you can, you know, add as a bonus. It could be some kind of bonus. could also be price. I do think for offline events, having a, a price increase as you get closer to the event, the price goes up. Mm-hmm. So the people who sign up earlier, the benefit. Those who run, for instance, uh, uh, Social Media Marketing World or Web Summit, are really good at this. I would say I'm, I'm really impressed by the web summit, how they do it. So basically, if you're at the web summit, they sell you a ticket for the next year. Now, that's very, very typical for big event. And, you know, they have rented a, a room that can host thousands of people. The investment is so big. So just by signing up people for the next year event can be helpful because then they have their costs covered. And then... They do some heavy marketing immediately after the event to the participants at the event. So they still try to sell them. And then they give it a break for a few months and then they come up again. And then it's still like, let's say there was a super, super early bird. And then there's a super early bird and there's an early bird and there's a regular price and there's a late price. Like sometimes there might be very different prices. And this is how you you know, give people a sense of urgency without the bus. You say, you know, it's not like same as launching a, a course, but with offline events, you can have different prices and it's very a common strategy because you do not have endless bonuses and maybe you have no idea for a bonus and then you work with the price. Okay. Yeah. If you have people that tend to want to come to more events, you can also bundle up events and give a, you know, them a discount. So uh, when I went to Tony Robbins 10 years ago, it was on day two or three that he upsells you to the next event. So you just paid 600 to attend an event and now he's upselling to the next event. Instead of upselling you from every event to the next event to the next event, at this first event, which is Unleash the Power Within, which is kind of his starting event where most people go for the first time to see Tony Robbins, he sold this is 10 years ago, and I don't think this package exists anymore. There was like three events, uh, Wealth Mastery, Date with Destiny, and Life Mastery in Fiji. Mm-hmm. Very wow. exciting. <laughs> yes. And then he said, normally, if you buy these events individually, it would be 20000 But today, it's only 10000 Okay. I was one of the crazy ones <laughs> <laughs> that I had never spent so much money in my life. I didn't even think I would have it on my credit card. So I had to call up the credit card company and say, will this work? And I did it. It's one of the best things I've done actually in my life. 
well, I met my husband there, so <laughs> that was another benefit. But yeah, you see that people work with excitement in the sense that you, you save money or you're at an event, then you get them to sign up for the next event, or you can do a webinar that is related to what you're going to teach at the event. So you get the right people to show up or when an event, like for me, the retreat, this is the third year I do it. The word of mouth is getting bigger and bigger. So it's always, it gets easier. I can promise you it gets okay, easier. <laughs> the first one is is hard in a sense that people just don't know it exists and you have to kind of build up the hype and then it slows down again and you build it up again. So when you're selling something like in this case of the retreat, you will have initially, as soon as you announce it, there will be those who are waiting for it. Like one or two people sign up like right away. Okay. And then you're like, Okay, what do I do next? Then you have to come up with the idea of the webinar on an information call. Information call, then uh, I have, for instance, been running a video that was taken at the first retreat. So basically I released it February last year and I can always turn it on again on Facebook. So I've had 100,000 or 200,000 people watch it. Now, it's Iceland, so they're not all going to go on a retreat with me. I think if you had a video that showed free diving, you collect video viewers. Ideally, it's a video you produce yourself somehow. Like maybe you can get footage or you can mix it. There are websites where you can buy video footage. I use Adobe Stock, but there are many, many others. And I can buy video of someone free diving. Okay. Yeah. So if you don't have the right equipment to create a video or if it's complicated for you, you can buy stock images. How long should that video be? I would try with uh, something like, you know, three minutes or something for Facebook. But I would also create a longer version to test, you know, where you do some sort of teaching. I don't know if you can kind of talk about the principles of free diving or something. And then I would test and I would uh, run this, of course, first to people like you just post it on your page and you, you have to make sure you don't do the mistake I did. Well, mistake. When I posted this, I wrote Mastermind Retreat Iceland 2017 because that was what I was selling last year. And then I got some social proof and, a and I tag or I, I sent the people who had been at the retreat. They were in the video. And if you're in the video yourself, it's likely you're going to share it. So I would make sure when you do your offline event, if you can invest in someone taking a video, even if it's just for a day and then for next year. So you have to invest forward in that case. Mm -hmm. So my investment of having a videographer at the first retreat, yes, it was a cost and made the retreat less profitable. Or actually, I think I overall did not make any money off the retreat for the first year, but it's worth it because I have now this video and uh, there's nothing in the video that says in the video itself that it's from 2016. But when I posted it on Facebook, I wrote 2017 because I wanted people to see the dates. But when you run ads to something, you can't change the text later on. <laughs> okay. So when you post your video, if you want to run it again and again, independent of the year or the event, then you have to be clever what you write so that you can always use the ad again, the same ad. 
Because what's really important is the social proof. Social proof means that somebody has liked or commented or shared. And when people see that, we are a little bit like a hurt. We're like, oh, somebody has liked it. Maybe I will like this video too. Mm -hmm. Of course, I have this video, can upload it again to Facebook, but it will never get 100,000 views again because it's, that's already, you know, yeah, right. gone. So we have to be careful when we post something that might last a lot longer that we do not put in the copy something that ruins that option. So I've asked my Facebook ad manager, can we change the text? And he said, no, they can't change that. So yeah, so running a video and then you can retarget people. And I have retarget people with a sales page, but I make sure they've watched 75% of the video. Yeah. I normally say that uh, running uh, ads to a sales page is not a good thing, but if you have been running some videos and you only target those who are really warm leads, you need to get them to see the sales page because they don't know that this exists. So once they know it exists, then uh, you know you retarget them with the sales page or if you do an information call or webinar, that could be the middle step, which is would be better. But I have also done it the other way around. I've just skipped that. Like I've gone straight from, I think when I had this video, it was also three minutes. And then everyone who's watched more than 75%, I was retarget them with a sales page and just get enough of you on the sales page and get people to share it. On the sales page itself, having a many chat or something like, a, you know, that people can message you because people are on the sales page and they're like, hmm, I'm interested, but you know, I don't know if this is for me, da, da, da. And they don't email you. Okay. So I have like a messenger or something pop up have a question, and the only thing they need to do is click and mm -hmm. ask their question. Mm -hmm, that's great. Yeah. So for offline events or something where you say, okay, it's a little bit more costly or it's an investment, I heard this uh, new thing. This was from my Facebook ad manager. People have money, but they don't have time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so that it's difficult to sell a retreat or an event or a conference is not necessarily the cost. It is that people have other things to do with her time. So they need to be very eager to go. And your key thing for you is to find these eager people. And you can find them, I would think it would be best with a video. Okay. You should basically always have a video. It's like a branding video. There should always be a video. If a pinned post on your Facebook page should always be a video. I come to your Facebook page. The first thing I see at the top is the branding video. If I watch to the end, I'm a potential client. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, great. I'll do that. Creating an event on Facebook helps too. If your audience isn't that big, you may not see much, like you will not see that people actually, you know, say that they're going to come or anything. But imagine this, you go to somebody's Facebook page and there are no events there's no video, like I don't know anything. So I create events for um, the retreat. I create events for courses. I create events, even if nobody clicks and likes, it doesn't matter. It's just like, if somebody goes to my page and they would see, ah, there's a lot of things going on here. Like, you know, this is, this business is active and okay, they have an offline thing. These dates don't work for me uh, or I don't want to go to this place, whatever, but this might, actually encourage them to maybe 
be curious and sign up for something later. What typically happens now automatically also, there's a thing that pops up on Facebook. We don't see it for our own page, but if we go to somebody else's pages, the uh, messenger thing pops up and it pops up automatically. You will not see it for your own page, but only if you go other people's pages. And this encourages people to send you a message. And it's good when they see the events. So you could long in advance create Facebook events with a nice picture and the dates. And as I said, it doesn't matter if nobody is going to click on it. It's just like it shows your event calendar that something is going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I have one more question. I have um, an instructor week that's coming up in July and again in September. So it's the same course, but um, on two different dates. Should I do one launch and people can pick one of the two dates or should I do a separate launch for every week? I would do one for both. And then, you know, Hopefully the July one sells out because that's closer. And then maybe there are a few spots left for the September one. Yes, but that's one sales page. But there are two events. If I go to your Facebook page, these are two events, but it's one sales page, two options to attend. Now it's happening July. So I would do an information call. And let's say only two people show up. And it that can happen. But... Go ahead with a call. They don't need to be on video. You can just be on video. You do it in a way that they are not visible, right? But it's an information call and you just deliver. So you have prepared. What I do for uh, the retreat, I have a presentation in the background with images, what we're going to do, experiences from last year or two years before, uh, testimonials. And I keep it to 30 minutes, like a presentation. Then I open it up for questions. You can take that video and you could cut out the questions. You can take this video then and embed it on your sales page. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if you stream it to Facebook, if you do it on Zoom and have the webinar option, or if you, there are other tools uh, that you could do it with, but basically you could run it as a, stream it as a Facebook Live because then the eager people who did not attend your information call They can watch this anytime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can embed a Facebook video on a sales page. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if anyone goes to your sales page and maybe the information call, if it's 30 minutes, it's not maybe the one you want to have at the top of the sales page. Because if you have a video on a sales page, it's going to be the quick 90 second or three minute video at the top. This is a video that goes a little bit lower, but if you embed it from Facebook, The views count and you can retarget people, assuming you have enough people watching, anyone who's watched it. Mm -hmm. So I should do that replay, so to say, without opt-in options to my list, just publicly? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I would first try to get, of course, people to sign up because by them signing up to the information call, you know that you can reach out to them and... Say, hey, did you get all your questions answered? I'm here anytime we can hop on a call and answer your question, whatever it is. But afterwards, you don't even need to stream it to Facebook. What you could do, depending on what tool you have to record it, you could download the video and upload it to Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you could, in the comments, tag a person that attended last year or, you know, whatever you do. It's just, it is good to get the social proof as fast as possible. 
Facebook, when you do a Facebook Live, Facebook does some of it for you. They want everyone to do a Facebook Live so they will, you know, show it, give it more organic reach. I noticed it, this happened to me. I do a, a regular Sacred TV once a week. And once I didn't know that I wasn't live, so I did a whole episode thinking I was live on Facebook. Wow. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, not so funny when I realized it, but I had the recording from Zoom, luckily. I uploaded to Facebook, but this is my least watched Facebook weekly show Yeah, because uh, I don't have the social proof of someone watching it live and Facebook is just not bothering with showing it with many people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the only downside if you upload a recording versus doing it live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, I do a lot of things live. Just last week I did a webinar live on Facebook, but I didn't tell people necessarily up front because the key is to get them to sign up because otherwise you don't know who to reach out to. Right. And you are sitting in the dark thinking like, okay, I think there are 100 people interested in my event, <laughs> but I don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. So that's why we do an information call upfront. Mm-hmm. And this is very normal. Like uh, Tony Robbins, I, I, after attending a Tony Robbins event, I n- have noticed that, for instance, in Iceland, there are people from the Tony Robbins company that fly to even Iceland and do an information event. Yeah. And they do it uh, locally. So it's like two hours. Why I should attend to unleash the power within. They sell tickets to the event. And then, you know, a few months later, I attend that four-day seminar. So that offline events are often sold also with offline activities. So when I say information call, of course, I am mostly talking about doing it online because I'm a huge, huge online fan. But there could be, depending on where your clients are coming from. Of course, for Tony Robbins, people come from all over the world. So he will send all his people and do this information. In your case, I just don't know if all your clients are in one spot, if that makes sense. So I think maybe online is better for you. Mm-hmm. I could do both. Yeah? Yeah. And there's another thing. I don't know where you're doing your uh, July thing. When we've had famous photographers come to Iceland and they're doing a retreat or for five days or something, uh, they've done an information or presentation Uh, the evening before they leave for their retreat. And I think anyone who would go to that type of event is a potential client for your next one in September. Mm -hmm. So you're starting your offline event and everyone is there. And this could be the evening where you say, hey, this is where we get together and get to know everyone. But I'm going to do here a two-hour presentation for anyone interested in free diving. Mm -hmm. Yeah or free diving and becoming a free driving instructor or whatever you're doing. So I go to a free event for two hours. I get a quick summary of your offline event, but it's probably too late for me to sign up for this one. But you say you can come in September. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to do that. Yeah, because you're already in the location and potentially there are people then there locally more excited about it. Yeah. That's right. Should I also offer free one-on-one calls for the instructor program? Yeah, well, yeah. I, when I'm selling anything that is a, at a certain, like, if I sell an online course, I do not offer one-on-one calls. But if I'm selling a mastermind or if I'm selling a retreat and somebody says, can I have a quick call with you, Sigrun? I'm not sure about the investment or 
whatever. And then I hop on a call, you know, if I know the person is interested, you know, we have also done uh, where I send out an email and say, hey, I'm available on Zoom tomorrow afternoon between two and four. You can hop on any time. So it feels less like, oh, I'm not going to ask her if I can have a call, but you have kind of put it out there. Hey, I'm just going to be working in the background. Hop on a call if you have any questions. And that has worked really well too. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I really need to try that. Yeah. And then, you know, WhatsApp is very popular too. Uh, I don't know if you want to give out your phone number, but uh, you could just say, you know, hey, send me a message on WhatsApp and we'll hop on a phone or whatever. Getting into the head of your potential client and thinking what's easiest for them, mm -hmm. what's holding them back. We know again, it's probably not cost, it's time and yeah, but these are the two most popular reasons for not doing something. But often there's a, another underlying reason. The reason is typically that they think they cannot do it. So who am I to become an instructor? I'm not good enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the underlying reason. And the reason they will give you officially is time or money. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so important. Thank you for that. So if you can address that objection, both in the calls, in your information call, and on your sales page, in different ways, you know, they will not say good enough, but, you know, who can become an instructor? You know, list it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's the lizard brain that tells us we're not good enough. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Was this helpful? Yes, absolutely. Thank you very much. That was fantastic. <laughs> Great. Now I know how to go ahead. <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you for being on the honor coaching call, Alexandra. And yeah. Thank you very much, Sigrun. Want to know the secret behind my multiple seven-figure lifestyle business? Get free access to the seven stages of a profitable online business by going to sigrun.com forward slash 205. There you'll find the show notes of this episode. Thank you for listening to The Sigrun Show. Did you enjoy this episode? If you did, please share, subscribe and give the show a review on iTunes. See you in the next episode.